from LPL Financial, welcome to Market Signals. I'm your host, Ryan Dietrich. The Fed has said that they think that any uh, rise in inflation will be temporary and uh, you know, markets are starting to test the Fed a little bit on their conviction behind that view. And we get the Fed minutes. Uh, the minutes just give us a, a little bit of a glimpse at what's going on behind the scenes. And uh, maybe not so much this one, but increasingly over the next few Fed meetings, uh, those are going to be watched very closely. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the LPL Market Signals podcast. Jeff Bookbinder here today with my good friend and colleague, Barry Gilbert, filling in for Ryan Dietrich. How are you doing today, Barry? I am doing okay. Long weekend for us, so I uh, enjoyed some r and I'm ready to go. Well, me too. I'm uh, energized by that half-court shot uh, uh, that Gonzaga hit. Uh, Jalen Suggs, I think is his name, hit to win that game. What an amazing Final Four game. Certainly uh, in, enjoyed that one. Uh, when you play hoops, Barry, do you do you often sink half court shots to win games? Is this something you're familiar? Yeah, with? just to just to make it fair, I make it a hook shot. You know, it's uh, otherwise I, I just hit them all the time. Yeah, I, I like a bit of a challenge too, so that makes sense. Uh, so um, let's let's get right to it. The um, agenda for today, um, we're going to do a really quick. Uh, well, there you see the important disclosures. Um, first of all, um, the Agenda is this, we're gonna do a really quick recap of inflation week. Uh, in the uh, LPR research department last week, we did a number of blogs and commentaries on inflation. We also talked about that on the podcast last week, certainly a hot topic. Uh, talk a little bit about what happened in the markets last week. Uh, then we're gonna, we're gonna show you um, a couple of pictures of where Ryan is and why he's not with us, which will tie into the um, the reopening story, because that's really the focus of our weekly market commentary this week. The economy is reopening, economic activity is picking up, and therefore we have raised our forecasts. Uh, so we'll spend a, a little bit of time on that as well. And then we'll end with the um, jobs report from Friday, a quick recap of that, and then a uh, look ahead at what's going on this week. So let's get right into it. The um, first slide here, you see inflation week and that um, scary shark. <laughs> uh, we, um, I think the number one point we tried to make here uh, in inflation week is that we think this upcoming bump up in inflation is going to be temporary, right? One of our blogs um, last week was uh, 10 reasons why we, we don't expect runaway inflation why we don't expect high inflation to be sustained. Uh, but we are going to see uh, more inflation here, Barry, over the coming months. Uh, how should investors think about that? Yeah, it's uh, we are going to get more inflation. It's, it's near term. Uh, I, I love that blog piece uh, because if you think uh, further out and all the forces that have kept inflation in check, uh, it looks like most of them are still going to be in play, uh, just in, including once we get past this, this growth spurt, uh, growth getting back to uh, where it was in the last cycle. You know, we might be talking about uh, 2%, a little bit lower, a little bit higher. That should help to keep uh, inflation in check over the longer run. But, uh, but near term, certainly going to see it. Uh, we're rolling uh, off some tougher numbers. We have some... E 
you know, relatively easier numbers in there. So we're, we're going to see a jump just from the year, look back, what things look like. Uh, that's a little bit artificial because that has more to do with what was happening last year than what's happening this year. Uh, but uh, we're not, uh, we'll, we'll watch it carefully. We're not that concerned if we see a temporary lift. The big question for us is what's going to happen in the longer run. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it's like, you know, when you when you got a bucket of water, and you pour it all out. Uh, it, it takes some time to fill it back up. And so we're still in the process, I think, of filling that water back up in the bucket. And then, you know, eventually maybe it overflows. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But um, we're, we're a bit away from that, uh, that part of the uh, uh, inflation cycle. Uh, and inflation is important for stocks. As you see in the next slide here, this is from one of our blogs. Again, you can find our inflation blogs on lporesearch.com. Stocks tend to like low inflation, right? That probably shouldn't be a surprise to uh, many of our listeners. You see here, um, for those watching on YouTube, uh, if you get inflation under 2%, um, you know, returns are really strong. In fact, if inflation is, um, is, is negative, you get 25% returns on average. If, if it's zero to two, you get about 11% uh, returns on average. So um, I thought this was a a really good way to illustrate um, how inflation is important. You also see on the other end um, of the spectrum, if you get really high inflation, that's when you get depressed returns. Still on average positive, but um, you know stocks are up uh, an average of about 3% when you get inflation north of 6% um, historically. Uh, so let, let's also, um, well, let's turn to a recap of last week's uh, market action. It, it was, um, you know, the jobs report was the big news uh, of the week um, on on Friday when the market was closed. At least the equity market was was closed. Um, but we, you know, we, stocks were higher for the shortened week. S and P up one point one percent. Nasdaq up two point six percent. So it was a growth led rally. That's why the Nasdaq did so much better. Uh, I think Barry, the most important takeaway for me. You know, we'll get to the jobs report in a bit, but the important takeaway for me is that uh, we saw growth stocks do better as uh, as yields stabilized, right? We're talking about tech, talking about um, you know the the internet names that are in the communication services sector, uh, consumer discretionary where Amazon is. Um, what are your thoughts? Anything stood out to you uh, last week? Yeah, I think that was it. What, what an interesting day. Right? We, we had this great job report, which we'll, we'll talk about in just a, a minute, uh, which basically says reopening is on. Um, you know, it's it's happening. Uh, and we're looking around this morning, didn't have a big move in yields, didn't see the uh, the value style stocks uh, jump out and, uh, and outperform. Um, which means that the uh, the reopening might be getting reassessed just a little bit, just one day, um, but it was an important report, uh, and it was a, a big beat on the headline number. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, uh, in fact, why don't we go to that that slide next, um, the jobs report, since you're on the topic. the um, um, We still got a ways to go to, you know, just like with inflation, we're filling up that bucket of water. We haven't quite gotten back all the lost jobs, but we've made a ton of progress, you know, having lost over 20 million jobs. Now we're only down about eight and a half million jobs. 
uh, and and you know after Friday's jobs report up, uh, it was a a couple hundred thousand jobs ahead of consensus, a little bit more than that. Uh, that's probably the last sub million jobs report we're going to get for a while. Uh, Nine sixteen was the actual number. Uh, we could see you know two million jobs created potentially next month, uh, or the, in the current month, or maybe even in May as this reopening continues. So the, the outlook for the job market is, is um, getting much, much better. Uh, in fact, you know, we could end up getting back all these lost jobs by the end of the year, which would really be remarkable, Barry. Yeah, it would be something. And uh, I would not be surprised over the next few months to see uh, at least one job report uh, with 2 million jobs gained. Uh, we know that a lot of those jobs were lost in the services sector, service is oriented uh, industries in particular that depend on foot traffic or traveling. Uh, we're opening up, those jobs are gonna come back. Those are the hardest hit areas. I think we're gonna see some nice numbers. Yeah, we saw um, about 260,000 new leisure and hospitality jobs. Certainly that is um, you know, an area where you would expect to see big numbers in the coming months. So we'll certainly be um, watching that closely. The, um, I guess the last thing I'll mention on last week was the ISM report. It's one of my favorite reports. Uh, the, um, you know, they survey manufacturer or purchasing managers and manufacturing companies and ask them if they're going to spend more. And uh, that number was just shy of 65, which is a huge, huge number. Uh, you know, manufacturers have done better than services businesses during the pandemic. And uh, so, you know, the fact that that number is stronger than what we've seen from services, uh, the services surveys isn't that surprising, but uh, a number like that is, is historic. Um, so this is a, just another example of how uh, this economy is really uh, roaring back. So um, before we get to our raised forecasts, um, Barry, I think we wanna um, check in on, on Ryan Dietrich, who, who's not with us today. Um, my question is, where's, where's Ryan? You have any idea? I think, uh, we know that Ryan follows the, the stock market as we all do very closely. And, uh, last close we had, we had an all time high. I think Ryan said to himself, look at that market. Uh, I think I'm going to go to Disneyland. Uh, well, Disney world to be, to be specific. Disney world. Yes. That's right. <laughs> so, uh, here we have a, a picture of Ryan. We actually have two. Uh, as, 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 here's where Ryan is. If you go, I'm sure I put it in there. There it is. There is Ryan. Ryan is having fun at Disney. We put the mouse ears on him um, with his family down there. I'm, I, I know he's having a great time. I saw on Twitter uh, a couple of pictures. We didn't have time to get those in here, but uh, that's, uh, that's where he is. Uh, the next, we have another uh, picture of Ryan too. You can see uh, for those on YouTube, Ryan on a uh, a roller coaster. This um, the the facial expression I think suggests that he's pretty scared. Not one of those people that just you know smiles and puts their hands up. I, he's holding on for dear life there, no no doubt. So uh, be safe, but uh, have a blast, Ryan. We miss you. We'll see you back here next week. Um, so now we'll get to the feature of the day, um, which is our increase in forecasts. Uh, so first, 
the um, GDP forecast. So, you know, we just talked about the reopening. We all, we all know the vaccine rollout is ramping up. Uh, actually, north of 3 million shots per day in the U.S. now, which is, I mean, it wasn't too long ago we were talking about 1 million shots a day as being uh, pretty impressive. So um, this, this thing's really, really gaining momentum. And, uh, you know, it's a race against COVID cases, and it looks like the vaccines are winning, and we expect that to continue to be the case, even though we have had a little bit of a pickup in COVID cases over the last uh, few weeks as economies have reopened and the variant uh, variants has have spread. But nonetheless, um, this reopening is, is going, um, and... You know, people just have a really strong desire to get out. I mean, Ryan, <laughs> there's no better example of embracing the reopening than going to Disney. Um, you know, we got a, I saw box office stats. It was a something like $32 million on this King Kong versus Godzilla movie over the weekend. Um, you've seen it in the mobility data with people going to restaurants, making reservations on open table. Uh, you know, stats on driving, on commuting, uh, all of that. It's, it's really, um, it, it's all just pointing higher. And so that tells us that, um, you know, when combined with all the stimulus that we've talked about here week after week after week, that this economy is, is going to grow north of 6% this year and potentially make a run at, at 7 Yeah, it's, um, you know, we had the stimulus story. We actually upgraded our uh, our forecast. Then uh, vaccination story just to, has been strong. Uh, been doing very well in the United States. Uh, we're in a little bit of a race with uh, some of the variants on COVID that spread more easily. But it looks like right now um, we're probably going to win that that race. We know there's some risks because we we saw what's going on in uh, in Europe. A little bit further behind on the vaccinations. Got hit earlier. Uh, with the variants, they're needing to to partially shut down. This is not going to be like the the prior shutdowns. It's uh, it's going to be uh, temporary because they are vaccinating as well. But it's a uh, it's a great story over the last year that we've had. Yeah, absolutely. So we're we're taking our GDP GDP forecast for the U.S. up about a point and a quarter, um, leaving our developed international forecasts alone because of Europe's struggles. Uh, although there might, could be a little upside in Japan. Uh, and then the U.S., better growth forecast in the U.S. flows through, so we're taking up our EM and global forecasts uh, a little bit too. Global now, potentially north of 6% as well. But, you know, the U.S. could lead, at least based on these buckets. Um, and, uh, you know, 7% growth, that is historic. You know, we haven't seen that in four decades. Um, it's you know, this is why you have people concerned about inflation, but no doubt uh, that better growth is going to drive uh, more revenue opportunities for corporate America and stronger earnings growth. So that's why uh, you see on this next table why we're taking our earnings growth forecast higher as well, uh, going from $170 per share to $175 plus. That is north of 25% earnings growth in, in 2021 uh, for the S&P 500 index. Really, really strong. In fact, that 
you know, our GDP forecast could prove a little bit conservative, even raised. Uh, I think it's the same story here, Barry, where, frankly, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we hit 180, depending on how the reopening progresses. Corporate America has been doing so well, generating efficiencies during the pandemic, managing the disruption uh, so well. And then as the economy booms and the um, stimulus kicks in uh, a bit more, uh, that, that's a tailwind for corporate America. Yeah, we've seen uh, we've seen the great resilience. You've talked talked about uh, acceleration in the adoption of uh, of technology. Uh, you can see that on on this call right here, uh, and we're hoping that maybe corporate America will get uh, the best of both worlds. They'll have that all that extra technological uh, adoption and innovation, um, but also start to get back the the benefits of uh, more people working in person. Um, and, uh, you know, that resilience can just continue and potentially uh, extend from here. Absolutely. So with the, um, you know, our improved outlook for economic growth and, and earnings, it certainly makes sense that um, you get some upward pressure on yields. So we're taking our yield forecast up to for the 10-year, uh, going from 1.5% uh, at the midpoint to 175 to 2%. So narrowing the range and raising the, the, the level, um, you know, it's really a simple story. It, it's mostly just um, about better economic growth. Plus the tenure yield has moved to around 170 at last check. So it's getting close to that range anyway. But we also, our fixed income strategist, Lawrence Gillum has a, um, a model that he uses to, uh, to assess fair value of treasury yields. And that, that says this is about where we're gonna be, right, Barry? It does, and uh, Lauren's going to write about that a little bit in our, our blog that you mentioned uh, tomorrow. Um, you know, there are two pieces to this. One is uh, we expect rates are going to continue to push higher. Uh, the other side is that the, the pace of the increases uh, is expected to slow down quite a bit. As, uh, as rates move up, bonds become more attractive uh, for, for buyers. Uh, we think for international buyers right now in particular, uh, and that means that uh, you know we've moved at a pretty incredible rate. We we might jump uh, outside of that zone for a little bit, but by the time we get to the end of the year, uh, we think we're going to be back in that one seventy five to two percent uh, range there. And continuing this this theme of potentially being um, a little bit conservative here, we have not raised our S and P five hundred target. Uh, we've we've kept it. At 4050 to 4100 on the S&P 500 index. We're pretty close to the low end of that range right now. So um, uh, sure, you could interpret that as conservative, but we, and, and we may end up raising that um, forecast fairly soon, but we had some, I think, you know, sound reasons uh, for um, why we did that. And, and one of them is uh, as interest rates rise, you tend to see price to earnings multiples contract. Uh, at this stage of the cycle, the and we've seen this in technology recently, right, where some of the higher PE stocks have, uh, have suffered as rates have risen because of the impact on valuations. So as interest rates rise, we think gradually, but as they rise further toward 2% this year, we think that will uh, potentially lead to narrower uh, valuations for stocks. 
that was probably the biggest reason why we kept that there. But you know, there's certainly other reasons. Barry, what 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 would you add to that for why we would keep that forecast unchanged despite higher uh, economic growth forecasts and higher earnings forecasts? This is just uh, this is typical of what we see uh, early cycle, uh, even a, a healthy early cycle. Uh, we see earnings uh, go up, uh, often exceed uh, expectations, uh, but at the same time, uh, we see those valuations potentially uh, stay steady or even come down a little bit, and those provide a little bit of an offset for, for one another. So uh, this is the normal pattern um, for the overall health of American corporations. We're really focused on those earnings. And then the other question is, uh, what are investors willing to pay for those earnings? Uh, and uh, from that perspective, uh, the news is positive, but uh, we're not adjusting our fair value at this point. Yeah, that is a fair value forecast, a fair value range. So sure stocks could trade above that, but that's what we see as, at this point, the value for the S&P 500 uh, at uh, the end of this year. I guess the other reason I, I would throw out there, you know, when you raise your S&P 500 target, you're signaling uh, to people to add equities. And we didn't want to send that signal right now. We, we might later, uh, but, um, you know, we're already overweight equities. In fact, as you probably saw last week, um, you know, we reminded folks it was the one year anniversary of our decision to upgrade our equities view. Uh, to go overweight equities, which we did, I believe, on March 30th of 2020. I went back and actually read the commentary uh, that we wrote back then. It was it, it, it's held up pretty well. It was actually a joy to read that, um, you know, not just because it was it's fairly accurate, uh, but just it's important to remember where you've been, right? And just how, how terribly tragic uh, it was back then. It's still tragic. People were still losing lives. But, and how devastating the economic impact was, but we have come so incredibly far uh, since then. It's just, uh, it, it, was a, it, it was a pleasure to focus on the progress um, coming from, from that dark place. So, um, you know, it's been, um, it's been quite a ride, but we just decided that after, you know, 75% rally in the S&P 500, maybe you need a little bit of a digestion period uh, as well. So we're, we're being a little bit, um, a little bit more cautious with the, um, you know, that 4050 to 4100 target, not signaling to go even further overweight equities relative to your target. Uh, just sort of maintain a modest overweight uh, to equities, which is what we've been doing uh, in the portfolios that we run. So um, I think that's that. Why don't we look at ahead to this week, Barry? Um, well, actually, before we look ahead to the week, uh, Ryan, you know, he always has these great stats that he comes up with. You know, many of you see them on, on, on Twitter. So the, the stat I saw late last week that I think is a really good one uh, is, you know, what happens when the S&P 500 goes up about 6% in Q1, right? What happens with over the rest of the year? And when it's in that range, mid to high single digit returns for the S&P 500 in Q1, on average, the S&P 500 is up 12% the rest of the year, right? So that's like almost a 20% year if you add the Q1 returns. Would you take that, Barry? I would take it. And uh, that's, Me too. that's historical data, right? We know that, that 
doesn't necessarily uh, forecast what's going to happen in the future, but it lets us know what the patterns are, and those are important to watch. Those, that is our our market signals is to be aware what happened historically. Yeah, just you know, you get these bumps like you typically get a ten percent correction early in a cycle like this year two of a bull market, uh, but you you always end higher, at least based on the post World War II uh, bull markets to varying degrees, but they've all been higher at this point. So we'll see if that uh, history repeats itself. Uh, looking ahead of the week, we get the, um, you know, some PMI data, which it's, it's a lot of secondary data this week, Barry. What, what's um, actually the, the uh, PPI, the purchase, you know, the um, producer price index, wholesale inflation, that one's going to get some attention uh, on Friday. What's on your radar for this week that investors should be watching? Yeah, everyone's following inflation. One of the reasons that everyone's looking at inflation is that everyone's also following the, the Fed. Um, the Fed has said that they think that any uh, rise in inflation will be temporary. And uh, you know, markets are starting to test the Fed a little bit on their conviction behind that view. And we get the Fed minutes from a meeting uh, from two weeks ago uh, on Wednesday. Now, the meeting already happened. Um, Press conference already happened, so a lot of the information is already out there. Uh, the minutes just give us a, a little bit of a glimpse at what's going on behind the scenes, and uh, maybe not so much this one, but increasingly over the next few Fed meetings, uh, those are going to be watched very closely. Yeah, I think you know what we hear from the Fed in the next month might not be interesting, maybe even the next two months, but it's going to get really interesting uh, you know, midsummer to, to the fall. Uh, it's going to be very tough for them to stick to their, to their outlook here um, for, uh, for rates in particular, but maybe even their bond purchases, we would think could be pulled back by year end. We'll have to see. So I agree the Fed, you know, inflation rates in the Fed, probably the single most important uh, thing for investors to watch uh, over the coming weeks, but we're also going to get earnings season starting next week. So we'll talk more about that on the podcast uh, next week, but um, that's something to, to uh, keep on your radar too. So um, with that, I think we'll wrap for the, for the week. Um, thank you uh, everybody for listening. Thank you, Barry, for pinch hitting for, for Ryan. We, uh, Ryan, have a blast at, at Disney. We'll, we'll be back uh, kind of normal lineup here with um, Ryan leading the charge uh, next week. So Hopefully um, you found that enjoyable and, and helpful. Uh, we will be back with you next week. Uh, thank you, uh, as always, for listening to LPL Market Signals. Have a great week, everybody. This material was provided by LPL Financial, is for general information only, and is not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. There is no assurance that the views or strategies discussed are suitable for all investors or will yield positive outcomes. Investing involves risks, including possible loss of principal. Any economic forecasts set forth in the podcast may not develop as predicted and are subject to change. References to markets, asset classes, and sectors are generally regarding the corresponding market index. All indexes are unmanaged and cannot be invested 
invested into directly. Index performance is not indicative of the performance of any investment. All performance reference is historical and it's no guarantee of future results. All information referenced in the podcast is believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representation as to its completeness or accuracy. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor and broker-dealer. Member FINRA and SIPC. Insurance products are offered through LPL or its licensed affiliates. To the extent you are receiving investment advice from a separately registered investment advisor that is not an LPL affiliate, please note LPL makes no representation with respect to such entity. If your financial professional is located at a bank or credit union, please note that the bank or credit union is not registered as a broker-dealer or investment advisor. These products and services are being offered through LPL or its affiliates, which are separate entities from and not affiliates of the bank or credit union. Securities and insurance offered through LPL or its affiliates are not insured by the FDIC or NCUA or any government agency. Not bank or credit union guaranteed, not bank or credit union deposits or obligations, and may lose value.